Mic check, mic check. Where the f is my check? You now tuned in to do rags and boat shoes. Let me go ahead and get this turned down. What's going on, everybody? It's your boy A Double, and you're now tuned into episode 165 of Do Rags and Boat Shoes. Much love and respect to everybody out there who enjoyed episode 164. So keep on uh, sharing these episodes with people, um, and just keep on keeping on. Just keep fighting the good fight. Keep making it do what it do. Uh, as far as for me, there's really nothing new going on. Nothing else new going on. Uh, I've been hitting people up uh, as far as the interviews and things like that. So I'm just waiting on people to hit me back. I know I said I was going to have them in uh, September, but shit, here we are in fucking chilly ass October. It's what, October 3rd. And uh, I don't like to date the shows, but it is what it is. Uh, Yeah, so it's the third day of October and it is cold as fuck here in uh, Nebraska. So uh, I was at work. I was in full on sweatsuit. You know, I had a full on uh, a work sweatsuit on, you know, getting it in. So, you know, the weather's changing, getting chilly. The leaves starting to turn colors and now they about to fall. So it's about to, you know, time to get that get that rake up out of there. And, and it's officially hoodie season. And ladies, please stop stealing your man's hoodies. Um, and I'm going to tell y'all, if y'all just doing some hobosexual shit, you know, it's getting a little chilly out there. So uh, one of y'all motherfuckers ain't got no, uh, you know, you ain't got a, a place to stay. So you just laid up with somebody because it's cold outside and you're tired of, you know, bumming, sleeping on your friend's couch and shit because they like to keep their heat on, you know, 62 and you be freezing to death and they give you a thin ass sheet to sleep on. I mean, for a blanket, thin ass sheet. So you up here laid up, you know, with some woman that you really don't feel like dealing with. Stop wasting people time. Just stop. Just get your shit together. Stop being a hobosexual. You know, just stop. Just stop. I know you got to do what you can to keep the lights on, but that's just a lazy ass hustle, especially if you're a man. Stop doing that goofy shit. And, you know, um, as soon as your hobosexual ass, you know, uh, you know, raise, put some bass in your voice, she going to castrate your ass and throw you out the house. You know what I'm saying? Out of her house or her apartment. You know what I'm saying? So get your shit together before the snow hits the ground. Okay. Ain't no shame in your game for, you know, working. Nothing wrong with that. And then, ladies, if y'all some hobosexuals, um, you know what? Uh, at least cook for the nigga. You know what I'm saying? At least cook a meal for him. You know what I'm saying? It ain't even got to be all three. It ain't got to be breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Just cook something. Can you scramble some fucking eggs for the man? You know what I'm saying? Just, you know, you got to stop thinking that all you bring to the table is some pussy and some tricks in the bedroom. That that ain't that don't do it, okay? You got to do a little bit more, all right? So if you want to be a kept woman, act like a kept woman. You know what I'm saying? And then, you know, fellas, if y'all got, you know, a hobosexual living with you, uh, lock up your hoodies. You know what I'm saying? Go ahead and get you a, um, a bike lock and 
loop that through the neck hole and through the waist hole of your hoodie and just keep doing that and then just lock your shit up and you just got to put a a, a a four letter code in your bike lock and that's it you know what i'm saying she might get wise and take the whole damn bike lock with your eight hoodies on it but uh you know that's gonna be a hard time because she ain't got nowhere to stay so i don't know where she gonna take it to the open door mission or something i don't know to a shelter who knows but it's hobosexual season out there and for my folks that are you know unique looking don't fall for the okie doke when somebody hop in your inbox that's moderately attractive um during this season because you know it ain't your looks it's you know the roof over you know that you have that's that's all it is it ain't your looks it's the roof you know they need some place warm to stay and you work steadily and they then prayed on your facebook and seen how you so desperate you know for some attention and you know for some some uh some uh love and attention you know what i'm saying so if you unique looking and we all grown here you know there's some unique looking folks out there uh don't fall for the okie doke if someone's moderately attractive hops in your inbox and you know trying to you know wine and dine your ass because they just need a warm place and a warm body to cuddle up to from october to i don't know pretty much the end of march you know what i'm saying once that that snow starts melting that last week of march so y'all be safe out there and don't just you know all jokes aside don't let nobody use you this hobosexual season okay all right so moving on to that good old summer damn jam screen y'all remember when i was talking about uh how me and the wife took a train ride out to uh napa valley out to california and um we were in the dining car and you know i said the food was good and uh it's pretty much a fine dining experience uh, with a beautiful view and they they force you to sit with strangers and stuff like if you don't have like a party of four like since it was just me and the wife you know we had to sit with uh other couples who were on the you know on a on different journeys like some people were going to reno uh, nevada some people were you know going to uh, salt lake city and things like that and uh you know it was a uh, older couples that we sat with and we learned a lot and we you know chopped it up with them and you know had some good conversations which was dope right so uh, amtrak just said that they're actually going to get rid of the fine dining car which sucks because it's it's a dope experience it really is and uh, pretty much they have a full ass kitchen underneath that dining car and they're whipping up steaks crab cakes um burgers everything you know they got these great the cheesecake is fire i ain't gonna lie that cheesecake is fuego it's new york style cheesecake but it's a little round cheesecake very good vanilla bean flavoring and, and you know so it has it, it has them little dots in it you know it tastes very you know a lot of vanilla in there real vanilla and um so basically they're going to get rid of it and they're trying to blame it on millennials which is some fuck shit that's what um that's what i'm kind of tight about because there was a few there was quite a few millennials on my train ride you know like folks in there you know um you know mid 30s and then you know and younger you know what i'm saying and they were there with their families and then there was couples there too and uh you know people just you know by themselves you know traveling and so they're basically going to get rid of the fresh cooked food that they prepare on the actual train and the new menu is going to offer like pre-packaged meals so it'll be like the one of the examples was red wine braised beef and chicken fettuccine and then uh 
then the breakfast is going to change too because you could go into breakfast uh you can go into the dining car and have uh, amazing breakfast like you know some fresh pancakes with like some uh some turkey sausages that's what i had and then uh my wife had this uh like kind of spanish omelet type thing you know what i'm saying with like green chilies it was just really good and it just smells amazing when you go in there because they're cooking that all that stuff up fresh right and so now the breakfast options is going to be uh, you can grab a pastry and some coffee from a buffet style continental breakfast and so they're trying to blame millennials talking about they want to get a younger crowd on these trains uh but millennials they don't like to talk to strangers they don't like to then they're always on their phone so they just want to make it quick and all this other shit but when you really get down to it it's about saving money because they have a full ass wait staff there uh on that dining car it's a full-on uh of wait staff and what's crazy is with these pre-packaged um hot meal choices um they have an actual cafe uh area like a little cafe car um that's not that's separate from the dining car and that's where you go and get your liquor from you go get you know like a jack and coke or something and uh they have like gas station food so they got like little microwave burgers breakfast sandwiches hot dogs and chips and shit like that that you pay for it's all like gas station food that you know you they just heat up in the microwave and give to you but now amtrak is basically they're going to do that in the dining car and that's fucked up because you do you feel like uh you feel like an oil tycoon from the fucking you know 1920s when you ride in that dining car and they're just so nice and you know it's just it's just a dope thing and then to meet people from across you know from across this uh this great nation of ours so-called great nation of ours like i met folks from what from virginia uh there were some uh folks from south carolina um there were some folks from colorado like you and you just listen to these people's stories and they were older folks so older folks you know they'll tell you their whole life story you know saying the social security number you know they tell you everything you want to know and if you keep uh you know probing and asking them the right questions you could get their social security number but uh, it was just interesting to just hear these people's stories right and uh one guy was talking about uh he lived in cape fear and then uh, I told y'all the story about the other guy who was a fucking rabbit judge. You know, he used to judge rabbits. And I can you know, how crazy is that to do that for a living? To go around this whole country, this whole United States, judging rabbits. You know what I'm saying? It's just, I don't know. And it's just good conversations. And you don't get tired of telling your life story to these people because it's, it's a brand you meet somebody new every single time for breakfast lunch and dinner you know you're not sitting with the same people and then you you kind of make a buddy on the train too because they have a lookout car um where it's just glass and you just sit there and you know you can plug your phone in or your laptop and do some work or you can sit at one of the tables and play some cards that's what me and the wife did and um or just sit there and you just look out these windows they have these uh swivel chairs where you can you know just sit and just look out these big huge glass windows and just marvel at the beauty you know that's kind of hidden away in a lot of these you know so-called flyover states right and uh and you so you see so see some of those people you might hit it off and be good friends and you could have a long train ride so you know you strike up a card game with them you know or something like that or you continue the conversations that y'all had over lunch and dinner or dinner you know what i'm saying and if they don't want to talk they don't have to and then we met some people from um from fiji 
that was a dope couple too uh it was a, a man and a woman and they both were from fiji that was kind of dope talking to them and i swear to god they they had like the skin tone of like hawaiians and stuff like that because it's pretty much the same kind of phenotype but they look straight up like black folks in the face you know the the, the the bell pepper nose big lips and everything and kinky hair and they were dope like uh the guy sold insurance and the wife she was a nurse i believe that's it or it might have been vice versa i can't remember but they were a dope dope couple and their chemistry was dope just seeing that and you know how they worked as a team and stuff like that and they were finish each other's jokes and stuff like that it was cute and i hate that you know amtrak is trying to blame younger folks you know that that 35 and under crowd of you know oh they don't like to talk to people and all this other shit and i know some of y'all are very anti-social and i can be sometimes but if i'm on vacation like i'm gonna soak up this whole experience you know i'm gonna talk to everybody from coach to first class you know what i'm saying if we're in the same vicinity or area or things like that i ain't gonna be that annoying person that sees an empty seat just come sit by you and start shooting shit you know what i'm saying i don't violate people's personal space but if it's a you know if it's a uh you know uh a, a, a social area I'm definitely gonna, you know, shoot the breeze with you and, you know, talk the talk and, you know, just to pick your brain and see where you're at. You know what I'm saying? So, uh, I just hate to see that, but what it boils down to is uh, them saving money. That's it, because you got all those chefs downstairs, and um, and I'm looking at some of these pictures of these dining options. There's like a Creole shrimp and andouille sausage, and it, it looks like a fucking TV dinner. It's like what they serve you in first class on a flight. You know what I'm saying? They serve you them so-called gourmet meals. And you like, this shit is nothing more than a TV dinner. Like, the, the reason people fuck with first class so tough is because of the leg room and because of that hot towel. That's that's the most fire shit ever. When they give you that hot towel and you just wipe your face and your hands, you just like, I feel like I just took a shower. You know what I'm saying? But don't nobody really fuck with the food. It's just like, eh, it's okay. And so shame on amtrak i was gonna make them hold this l but um there's a young lady from fox news who has to do that um let's see what else we can talk about on that good old summer damn jam screen all right let's see i guess we could talk about this whole um amber geiger situation um this is this is wild to me i really didn't post too much on the um do rags and boat shoes ig or facebook page about it um i i just i don't know folks were kind of celebrating when uh you know that guilty verdict came in and i was just like oh shit you know that's when i was just like oh shit okay well let's see what the sentence is and when the sentence the sentencing happened uh it turned into uh, a banjo fest it turned into the forgiving hour I've never seen anything like this in my 35 years on this planet. I've never seen anything like this at all. Um, the 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 little brother of uh, Botham Jean or John. Um, if y'all don't know, so I think everybody should know who listens to the show. But I guess to let y'all know, so Amber Geiger is a white female police officer down in. Uh, I'm not even going to say white female, I'm just going to say a white supremacist uh, a race soldier down there in Dallas. And she went to uh, this brother, uh, this Caribbean brother's um, 
apartment they stayed in the same apartment complex she lived on a different floor and she just went into his apartment and killed him in cold blood uh just went in his apartment and just shot him dead right and so i could call her a white supremacist race soldier because uh there was numerous text messages revealed that uh you know that she was a bigot she was a racist a hardcore white supremacist um on the verge of being a white extremist and so you know she was making she was making fun of her uh, fellow black officers um, she was, you know, uh, making so-called, um, uh, you know, uh, supporting arguments that Dr. King should have been killed. Uh, may he rest in peace. And so this is and then, you know, the jury, you know, it had some black folks on it would have like five black folks on it and then seven others. And then um, the judge was black. But I knew something was looking funny in their light once it was revealed that the judge was uh, sorority sisters with the Dallas police chief. And I was just I've never seen anything like this. They sentenced her to 10 years in prison. So she'll probably be out in five if she even serves those five. And the judge, she had the audacity to bring out her Bible, her own personal Bible and then she went down and hugged amber geiger i don't know what the fuck this was about was it did she feel guilty for actually pro trying to produce justice or overseeing this case and then the brother of both of them was talking about he forgives her and he didn't want her to go to jail at all and i'm just like yo what the fuck what the fuck is up with this family and then the mama she was talking okay in the press conference at the end with uh who was that benjamin crump and uh the brother lee Merritt. and so it was like oh okay so she's talking about justice and how the dallas police you know is corrupt and the local government is corrupt well she was hinting along those lines and then the daddy came out and talking about he would like to be friends with her now what we witnessed here is the white jesus complex right here this is what we witnessed here this is the work of missionaries coming into caribbean islands uh coming into the continent of africa and that's just basically what it boils down to is giving these people these so-called savages um in a white supremacist mind giving them white jesus and giving them structure right so basically the whole goal was to extract the resources from these these uh native african lands and caribbean lands you know extract the resources and then give them uh, a white deity you know something uh that's basically what it boiled down to and these people are hardcore christians the gene family right and so they were preaching all this forgiveness and all this other shit and this is just fascinating to me because it just showed that is that's that's the ultimate goal for um those in the dominant society to keep abusing non-white people and for those non-white people to forgive them right and uh so this is what uh so-called christianity does to a lot of these african people 
that's what it does to these African and Caribbean people, these uh, these black people abroad and some at home, too. You know, and if y'all are black folks that's going to a church with a, uh, a so-called black church with a white Jesus up there on the cross, well, you're going to a church of white supremacy. That's just what it boils down to. Every other group has a religious figure that looks like them, except for uh, the black folks of the lost tribe of Africa. We don't, right? We don't practice any African religion because they gave us the Bible. They gave us this so-called Christianity, right? And even though um, I think in Ethiopia, that's when early, early Christianity came about. But we got this Spanish version or this European version of the Bible, right? And so this is what it boils down to. This is what a colonized mind looks like. You know what I'm saying? This judge at the sentencing, a convicted murderer, she went down there and hugged her and brought out her personal Bible. And I believe, did she even read a scripture out of there? I'm not sure. Um, she went and got her personal Bible out of her chambers. And then what's even wilder is to see colonized christian minds black folks um speak about how beautiful it is for the brother and the mother and father to forgive this woman so quickly that's and you know i look at it and i think a lot of people look at it like okay um you're scared that's what it is when you have a chance to deal a blow to racism white supremacy when you really can strike it because this case set a precedent that if this woman was actually to get off for going in the home and killing somebody then you would see more cases like this across the globe because remember when george zimmerman got off we started seeing more and more of these uh, white vigilantes you know they had a battery in their back and then zimmerman even went across the country doing little tours and shit and he was signing bags of skittles you know because he was proud of his murder right and he thought that made him an honorary white man right and so we start seeing more and more of these so-called vigilantes uh you know being out here you know harassing black folks and you know killing black folks uh like what's the uh, the young brother's name jordan davis down there in florida uh you know who, who got killed at the gas station because his music was too loud he was riding with his friends and that crazy white man opened up fire on him and um so if this if she would have got off and use that castle doctrine um which basically was a doctrine that said that you can kill somebody who enters your own home right down there in texas but the thing is she entered in somebody else's home so if the and then so you're trying to make sense of it but you have to remember that racism white supremacy doesn't make sense at all it's a very illogical system and it runs on purposed confusion that's what it that's that's the main cog in the wheel is purpose confusion so so many black folks are trying to figure out like why are they harming us why are these white supremacists harming us why are they doing this why did you so you stuck on the why and you have to really figure out how how do i stop this you don't worry about the why you figure out the how how do i stop this you know how are they doing this you know what is what is the next step 
you know don't figure don't because you you will go crazy trying to make sense of racism white supremacy right and this is a this is a, a textbook white supremacist move right here that somehow we forgot about Botham Jean and all of a sudden at the sentencing hearing it just all became about Amber Geiger and forgiving her and comforting her even though she's a cold-blooded killer you see what I'm saying it just it was just like fuck both of them this ain't about him this is about this lily white woman who committed murder but now she's the victim because she has to be sentenced right so it was anywhere between five and 99 years uh, down there in Texas so she'll probably serve five be out by 2024 2025 at the latest you know just depends on when she I guess they took her right to jail right now right to prison right and who knows it could be some kind of legal loophole where she does two years and then it's uh you know then the three years are served you know uh on a home monitoring system or some shit like that some law get passed or they'll find some kind of legal loophole but this is what christianity does and this is why so many younger black folks you know kind of walk away from that or just kind of stay you know kind of push back from that because it's like you know it it forces you to look at white people as gods right you don't see them as your fellow human being you see them as a level above you as this is what god meant by making someone in his image or giving us his first son this white man from the middle east you know from jerusalem you know what i'm saying and it's just like well that just doesn't make any sense right and it even says that you know in the good book that you know he had hair like you know sheep's wool and feet was the color of brass you know what i'm saying so he had some color to him with a kinky fro but they give us an image of this man with a very thin nose a goatee and long hair like an 80s rocker right that's the image that they give you of god and a lot of these black churches have a white man up on a cross you know right there behind old looking down on a black preacher you know what i'm saying and then that's when uh let me find this quote real quick i can't find the quote right now but it said um something to the extent like when the white man came to africa he came in there with a he came in there with the bible and then uh the black man had the land he told the black man to close his eyes and pray and when the black man opened up his eyes he had the bible and the white man had the land that's what it boils down to right and so um this whole um white jesus complex thing it gets burned into your your brain's computer and it has you thinking that you know the white man walking the planet and the white woman walking the globe you know uh you know are you know our saviors and things like that and that's when the missionaries come in that's why i look at missionaries funny in the light you know they come in they bring over a few bags of rice to these poor african countries that's been decimated by um puppet african leaders from some western power or some european power who basically wants to exploit the natural resources in that fruitful that uh, fruitful land there and uh so then the black folks are looking at this black leader like okay what the fuck you doing you're running us into the ground but they don't know that this is just a puppet leader and then all of a sudden here come these missionaries with these big ass you know crucifixes on their necks and they're giving them white jesus pamphlets and all this other shit 
and I'm seeing that actually right now here in Omaha. You got uh, these people from Burma, from war-torn Burma, these Burmese people. They're called something else now uh, because Burma is no lo- no more. So these Asian folks. And uh, there's a bunch of uh, like Hispanic folks coming over here on the north side because that's uh they down north that's where all these burmese people are in like in these apartment complexes and things like that so they got a bunch of like little grocery stores are popping up in uh, all these old uh, strip malls that's in this uh down north i don't know how they could afford that but that's another story and uh so you're seeing a bunch of jehovah witnesses a whole bunch of hispanic jehovah witnesses um church of latter-day saints um and who else um mormons uh some white mormons but they're all coming over and trying to convert these people to a version of christianity and give them white jesus they're trying to basically indoctrinate them into the system of racism white supremacy and that's another huge cog in the wheel is giving somebody uh telling them that their god is a white man right and so you see them and how i know this is because i have a uh, little free library in my yard right and every fucking Saturday, Jehovah Witnesses, uh, the English speaking one, the Spanish speaking ones, or some Mormons, and the Mormons, fuck the Mormons. I'd say that off rip because there's a verse in their Book of Mormon that talks about people with darker skin are cursed peoples. And so uh, there's always some every Saturday morning, it never fails. I'll go outside about nine o'clock, and uh, these motherfuckers start early. And I will go peep in the little free library and make sure the kids' books are still in there. And I'll throw some snacks in there or some canned goods in there, me or the wife. And there's always some kind of bullshit watchtower in English, a watchtower in Spanish, and a Book of Mormon. And I throw all that shit away. I throw all that shit away. All these little black kids and these Burmese kids um, in my area who, who in my neighborhood, pick up these books. They're not going to be getting hit with fucking religious documents is telling them that some white man is their god right and so you see these uh jehovah witnesses like uh hanging out in front of these grocery stores these these mormons hanging out at these grocery stores these little asian grocery stores and talking to these people and trying to get to give them a white jesus and you know these people most immigrants are very receptive to that because they want to get kind of woven into the fabric and the social circles the social hierarchy of america and unfortunately we know how that goes and it's white yellow red brown black right that social hierarchy but they always disguise it under like patriotism uh religion and shit like that so they're trying to give these people religion and then letting them know how racism white supremacy works by giving them a white god like okay you can get to this high of a level but you can't go above this white high you can't go above this white level right here if that makes sense of what i'm saying right so basically they're just trying to calm some savages that's what it boils down to and so we saw this at this sentencing here and it's fascinating to me uh just weird just seeing i seen some black folks reacting like i looked at comments of uh some of my friends pages who uh on facebook who posted the the judge hugging and the brother hugging and they're talking about how beautiful it is and shit like that so then i went to the omaha world herald's page because they posted about it and i just want to read some of these comments from these white folks because this is how they want their negroes they want to be able to do anything they can to us rape us 
kill us, beat the shit out of us, and not have any repercussions and basically be forgiven by us uh, Negroes with such a high moral authority, you know, to be, uh, to take the high road, that whole Michelle Obama bullshit, when they go low, we go high. Fuck that. You go low, I go two two feet fucking lower. You know what I'm saying? I will stoop below your fucking level. You know what I'm saying? And then people, oh, an eye for an eye. We both lose our eyes and we both go blind. You know, shut the fuck up. We gonna be some blind motherfuckers shooting a fair one then. That's just how I am. And I... I, I'm about that life If it's not my family I have a tattoo on the side of my head On the left side that reads God forgives Comma I don't It's right on the slap side of my goddamn head By my left ear And you can't mistake it Because I'm bald It's That motherfucker is right there And then I got Psalm 27.1 On my left arm That reads the Lord is my light and salvation Whom shall I fear the Lord is the strength of my light. Whom shall I be afraid? Not a goddamn soul, because I got God with me. So that's just how I roll. That's how I move. You know, those two phrases, that Psalm 27.1 and God forgives I don't, them OGs used to say that coming up. Uh, just chilling out on Corby, Maple, the long, the whole 40th, 40th Street. They used to say that shit. A bunch of the old heads when I was little. And I'd be like, that's some. And I used to look at it like, you can't compare yourself to God. You know, I'm a little motherfucker, a little runt and shit like that. But it always stuck with me. It always stuck with me. But me going to the whole Omaha World Herald page, I was like, well, let me see what these white folks around the, my red state is saying, you know, outside of Douglas County. And uh, some people are saying forgiveness and compassion are always lovely. There's no debate to be had, right? So good to see forgiveness and compassion in a tragic incident that so many others use for hatred and division. Forgiveness, a word that means so much in different ways. This man didn't forgive her for her well-being. He forgave her for himself. Hating someone will ruin you. Good for him. Let's see what else. That's an awesome man. It was his choice to forgive her. There is no debate. Wow. Heartbreak. Nobody wins in that situation. Very sad all around. The young man is going places in life. A true man of God. And let's see what else. Clearly this woman made a tragic mistake. Clearly this man made a choice to forgive her. No debate needed. And that motherfucker's a... Uh, uh, profile picture is of the bald eagle but the bald eagle the color of his feathers is the american flag now if you don't get the fuck out of here white folks still ain't forgave oj simpson and he got off and he was found not guilty white folks ain't forgave him not one damn bit okay so this forgiveness talk that only applies to non-whites that's that's what it boils down to and remember 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 the story that i um did probably last year and it was about the slave bible remember um some was it the smithsonian some uh museum recovered a slave bible and the slave bible left out passages like my psalm 27 1 that says the lord is the is my light and salvation whom shall i fear you know it it left out like 
um, powerful passages to put a battery in your back and all it talked about was forgiveness and how certain people and how um, you know you need to serve your masters and things like that they published Bibles like that and every Sunday those slaves heard those sermons from those Bibles they heard that a white preacher would come or some uh, some uh, enslaved African would preach from that from those bibles that only had those in there and that's just and you see that even to this day so many churches always preaching about forgiveness and all this other shit but they never tell you about how jesus was in the temple flipping over tables right when them folks were setting up shopping there they don't tell you about what is that luke 22 36 when he told uh his mans and them to to uh pawn their uh valuables and pick up a sword because he knew that uh who was it the jews coming for him uh to you know string them up you know what i'm saying and then one of his mans what they do uh they cut no it was the romans they uh in 2236 i believe luke 2236 and then one of uh, jesus disciples didn't he slice off uh one of the uh the roman guards uh ears or something like that and jesus healed the the guard but they still took his ass away or some shit like that i'm not too familiar with it but i know jesus was about that life you know what i'm saying but they don't tell you about that part of jesus they only tell you the forgiveness part and you know what it boils down to is fear that's what it boils down to um just being scared to go head to head with white supremacy and a lot you know we don't know how to fight it we don't we do not know how to fight it uh because if we did know how to fight it we would have been knocked his head off you know what i'm saying cut off the head and the body would follow but we don't we don't know how to fight it because some people say you need to get on code you know what I'm saying? And let the code be the leadership. That's what the brother Tariq Nasheed is preaching. And a lot of ADOS folks are, you know, following suit. And then some folks say, just get your money and then try to funnel it into politics and, you know, make it do what it do. The whole the problem is, is you just have so many people who can't jump on the code and then so many people who get some money and then they just isolate themselves and live a very lonely life. You know what I'm saying? But they just so scared to be back with black folks that they fear that somebody's going to, you know, beg for money and shit like that. And then folks can't get on code because the white mainstream society tells you that you need a leader. You know what I'm saying? No other white folks don't have no leader at all. You can look at Donald Trump and, and it's just like that's not their fucking leader. Right. That ain't what got him elected. It was just their code of conduct, meaning we can't let these Negroes in power. Right. That was the main goal. You know, we had eight years of a black bastard in the, in the White House. And now we got to vote like this is the first white man to ever run for president. You see what I'm saying? And everybody fell in line. Everybody from the so-called educated uh, white female to the low-down, lowliest trailer park white male. And everybody in between. And all them Bernie bros went over and voted for Trump. But because why? Because they just, they got their code down so packed, it's like osmosis. You know what I'm saying? It's just, it's just, they on the same wavelength. You know what I'm saying? So I do believe that black folks need to get on the same code, but it pays to cool it pays to coon there is literally people who get paid 
to black folks who get paid to be anti-black so they can so the so the system of racism white supremacy does not exist because you like you got a black cog in the wheel in the machine there are this literally how it works there are jobs there are jobs for black folks to be anti-black you know how crazy that is and it pays quite well until you fuck up and do something and i'm looking at you stacy dash and that's when you gotta hold that l but i feel like i'm rambling but this is what happens and uh it's like the the sister shaharazad ali said um black folks still ain't been debriefed they still need to be debriefed and let know that you're out of slavery that you you're free you know what i'm saying it needs to be something somebody needs to sit down sit black folks down collectively and be like my g you're free stop being scared and you have to stop being scared you have to you have to make this place better for the little ones coming up behind you you know you have to do that you have to keep fighting the good fight to make it easier for them you have to sacrifice for them and that's what's so disappointing to see because we always preaching about oh we need to change the system from within and shit like that and then you look at a judge like judge olu stevens who's about that life you know who's all about justice and then you look at this judge this judge tammy lady who's who was over this uh this whole trial of amber geiger and she came down with her personal bible and issued a big long hug to a convicted murderer so you're just like what the fuck so that's not it so what is it you know like i said before we do not have a way to combat the system of racism white supremacy we just all over the fucking place and we can't just get on the same page because like i said that money talks money talks so there is a whole industry for black folks to be anti-black and that's and that they're only being used as puppets and they're fine with that as long as the check clears and you know sometimes the check don't even gotta clear it's just just getting validation from white folks makes them feel good and warm inside and it's disgusting but we have to figure out a way to combat the system of racism white supremacy and replace it with a system of justice that's what we have to do and i'm gonna leave it to my man hove um this is another one who fell off the bandwagon hard you know I, i'm gonna get a seat at the table i'm gonna get a seat at the table and i'm gonna change it and he ain't changed the goddamn thing y'all see that super bowl lineup it's like shakira and j-lo or some shit like that and i'm like okay sir like but i ain't watched an nfl game in two years since cap you know been blackballed and i'm gonna just keep it that way i'm pretty much done with the nfl i mean i use all my Colts gear to like do stuff around the house, clean around the house, have some clean ass t-shirts and shit. I use it in the paint now. You know, it's just you know, I use I wear them to work and get sweaty in, you know. It is what it is. So, um, Hove, talk to these people. Don't be the next get tested on that summer jam screen. I smoke rocks. I smoke rocks. Alright, thank you so much, Tyrone Biggums, for that lovely intro selling hope like dope. Um, I had this episode almost completed, but I didn't finish selling hope like dope. Y'all know I record these segments at different times. And um last week, um, y'all getting this episode, you know, a little bit later, just because I, I cracked my tooth 
and um a huge piece of it like came out or whatever i was eating some hard ass cookie or something and i think i had like a small cavity there or something so i cracked a tooth and my mouth been killing me and i've been popping these big ass ibuprofen left and right so i'm fresh from the dentist with the goddamn root canal and i got a temporary tooth in i gotta get fitted for a crown next week so i'm back i'm here so y'all bear with me you know uh thank y'all for being patient and shit like that but we are on selling hope like damn dope and um i was gonna talk about the whole uh herbalife situation i see uh people are getting their payouts from herbalife um right now there was a huge lawsuit against them back in what was that 2018 or something last year and folks started getting a payout or 2017 and then folks started getting a payout in 2018 and then there's a second payout if you spent almost a thousand dollars with uh, herbalife to, you know to be like an investor you know to uh sell some of that bullshit product and then uh you got uh your money back so they about to send out a bunch of checks to folks and i seen some folks on instagram you know kind of happy that they got their money back and a little bit more on top of that so shout out to them i just went and seen that joker movie um and talk about that for a little bit and it looks like um you know that movie was uh it was okay i'll, I'll say that right now it was okay uh me and my wife went and seen it and uh joaquin phoenix don't get me wrong did an amazing job but um i, w I was talking with the homie at work about it and uh i was you know as he got closer to the date and i read what the director said and the director was basically telling joaquin phoenix while they were shooting that this is pretty much just a regular movie with comic book characters and they're going to try to basically you know kind of sneak it in using comic book characters and pretty much that's all the joker movie was it took place in gotham it was pretty much like a taxi driver remake and then um it also had an ode to another De Niro movie. I forgot the movie it was um, where he played a comedian and then he kidnapped a, a late night talk show host. I forgot the name of it, but it was pretty much that. And uh, like I said, Joaquin did an amazing job. It's not one of those like incel movies or nothing like that. And um, it just it kind of dealt with mental illness, um, like with him and his uh, his mother and then you know the life that he kind of led leading up to it but the whole movie i'm gonna tell y'all it's very depressing um the scenery was amazing because it was like back in what was it probably like the late 70s or something this was shot or the 80s it had that kind of look to it and so that was dope but the story itself was very flat it just was very flat only thing that i liked about the actual plot is how they said that uh you know arthur uh which is a joker supposedly real name uh he suffered some kind of head trauma as a child so instead of like he can't really process uh his emotions correctly he can't express his emotions correctly so like if he's angry or sad or confused or something he'll start laughing and he had a great joker laugh so that was dope but the rest of the movie it was pretty much like poor folks against the rich in an uprising um and that like i said if you guys like taxi driver you know you like that kind of shit um go see it but other than that if you like a joker fan or a batman fan or a comic book fan this movie ain't for you like my wife she she liked it 
when I told her what the uh, what the director said, she's like, oh, OK, I'll go see it then if it's just a regular movie. And that's pretty much all that it was with Joker face paint. And I'm, I'm happy that critics kind of slammed it since it came out, because uh, I know at a film festival, it got like a standing ovation and all this other shit. And I think probably the standing ovation was for Joaquin Phoenix's uh, portrayal of the Joker. But the movie was the movie was ass. It was ass juice. I'll give it like a C minus, to be honest with you. It was like a C minus, damn near a D plus. He drug on for long and it was painful to watch, not because of what he was going through, but just how boring it was. It was a very boring film. Now, when the Joker committed a crime, that was OK. Um, even the climax to me when he went on the actual show, it was boring. And then when there's like a huge plot reveal um, of like some hallucinations he was having. So then you look at the ending of the movie um and you're like well did any of this shit really happen just how the movie ends you're just like did this did any of this happen because there was a scene at the beginning of the film when he's talking to his um social worker and you know she's talking about is he still on his meds and all this other shit and she starts talking about his time in arkham asylum and then how the ending of the movie is you're just like did he just imagine all of this shit right here so that's where it kind of fucks with you on some inception type shit like did any of this really happen or was this some kind of hallucination in his mind i know inception was about dreaming and you know shit like that but so it was just it was very flat for me and it's that shit is like two hours and some change it's just over two hours too and like i said if you if you're a joker fan a batman fan um you know dc fan don't go see this movie um it's just it's just a regular ass movie like the director said and i and I and I knew when I read that I was just going to be like, oh, fuck, this is just going to be some angry white man movie, you know, getting revenge. Kind of like uh, what's old boy that um, was married to um, Catherine Zeta Jones and he said he got mouth throat cancer from eating her pussy. What's, what's homeboy's name? Um, and he's in Ant-Man and the Wasp. I forgot his name, but he's in a movie where he's like having a bad day he got fired from his job and shit and then he's like frustrated with traffic in la and he's like walking around with a briefcase and then he's like like shooting folks and shit like that he just snaps i forgot the name of that movie but it, i thought it was gonna be like that but it's not it's more so dealing with mental illness and uh which i thought was fascinating you know just to have this maniac out here and we blaming it on mental illness that's that's just reflection of the times that we're in right now and uh you know what's funny though we went and seen it seen the movie at the um the council tucky theater um the amc in council tucky which is council bluffs if you're not from you know, if you're not from Omaha or whatever, we got a metropolitan area next door that's kind of that's right across the river, a little city across the river called Council Bluffs, Iowa. And everybody in there just looks like a redneck. So we so we call it Council Tucky, like Kentucky. So we call it Council Tucky. And uh, it's just a lot of meth heads over there. But they got casinos and there's a nice there, it, it was nice. It was one of those first movie theaters that had the reclining seats and shit and the, and the Coca-Cola remix machines and shit like that but um yeah we went over there and what was funny is they actually had police there 
at the Joker showings. They actually had police, uh, you know, walking through and, um, you know, just checking everything out. And I told my wife was like, I'm never coming back here. And I remember, I think I told y'all about the time we went over there to see Best Man Holiday, the sequel to Best Man, the Best Man or whatever. And we went over there to see that. And she was pissed because they was checking all the black folks tickets. And I'm just like, I feel safe now. You know, they don't want some some uh, maniac up here shooting up the theater. That's why they have police here. Yeah, it was a, it was a few cops there. And at every joke Joker show and they would just come in there and, you know, just kind of sit for a little bit or stand on the side of the wall. And I was like, you know what? I feel safer. Thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> but she was pissed. She's like, we never coming back here again. And um, but like I said, the movie, like I said, a C minus D plus. Um, it was all hype you know people love to you know kind of it was like a artsy fartsy type movie it, I, I don't know like i said it was like it was like a bootleg taxi driver with clown makeup that's all i have to say about that but as i'm recording this right now um the we we've heard about the murder of uh, joshua brown this was the brother who um testified against amber geiger in, on trial remember um you know eyewitness accounts who was a neighbor of both them right so today this fine tuesday um goddamn uh he was murdered right so joshua brown was murdered and murdered in cold blood shot in the chest shot in the mouth outside of his apartment complex okay and what's fascinating is right now as of 2 17 p.m on this tuesday the dallas police department came out and basically said that um this was a drug deal gone bad which is some bullshit this it is some straight up bullshit they are saying that they named like three dusty niggas uh, the assistant chief avery moore he he said it was um he said it's like three dusty niggas um and it was a drug deal going bad they found a bunch of drugs in um joshua brown's apartment which is in a gated community they found a bunch of drugs and a bunch of money in there now this this is dusty as fuck talking about it's a guy like, i'm like nobody believes this shit you got a bunch of drugs and money in your apartment but you just testified a few days earlier against a killer cop okay you testify against a killer cop you show up dead and then it takes what three four days for the so-called detectives to come up with this theory and to round up some dusty niggas to coerce them into taking a, a murder charge I don't believe none of this shit. That don't that sound like some shit from power? Don't it? It sound like Ghost is behind there pulling the strings. Ghost and Angela back there pulling some strings uh, to make some shit happen. This that sounds like something from the TV show Power that comes on Stars Network. If y'all don't watch it, but I think most of my listeners do. That this is the silliest shit I've ever heard in my life. Just silly, goofy bullshit. And when they released that information earlier, instead of, what is it, four days later, some shit like that, you done found a bunch of drugs and guns. That sound like they done sprinkled some shit in there, took some drugs from the evidence room. Because, um, let me pull up this brother's Twitter page, Lee Merritt, 
Um, and y'all know I donated a bunch of stuff to the folks down there for Hurricane, uh, who suffered from Hurricane Harvey to him down there. And he got the supplies right down there to them folks. Um, Lee Merritt was talking about, um, let me see, so let me pull up his Twitter page real quick. Uh, here we go. Here we go. I found the tweet. So it says a couple days ago, Lee Merritt uh, and his his Twitter page is Merritt Law and it's M-E-R-I-T-L-A-W. And he was saying that Josh Brown, Joshua Brown was shot in his mouth and his chest. He was exiting his car at his apartment when he was ambushed and shot at close range. His mother asked my office to find to help find out who murdered her son. She suspects foul play which we all do uh he had no known enemies and he worked for a living we need answers right that is crazy and this is a brother who helped put amber geiger away right so this was you know even if these dusty niggas did do this hit you know that they were there was somebody internally with the dallas police department and i can say this i can i'm not saying allegedly or anything like that i believe i honestly believe that if these dusty niggas shot and killed um joshua brown it was not a drug deal going bad these were some former informants or some current cis confidential informants who were paid by somebody in the uh dpd um to kill this young man because he worked for a living uh they put up a hundred thousand dollar reward for him and it, it was straight up it was an execution that's all it was and i know that they were going after the dallas police department in a civil case too and they would have needed that brother's testimony and i where i'm not i don't believe this and i know none of my listeners are going to believe that that was a drug deal that went wrong and what was even crazier just earlier today earlier this morning uh lee Merritt was talking about uh he po- posted up a um a tweet and it said uh the state knew joshua brown didn't want to testify due to concerns for his safety he flew to california when the trial began they threatened him with jail if he didn't return he went straight from the airport to the court dallas county has a duty to protect them and they failed that brother was shook he didn't even want to testify he flew out to cali he was like i don't want to even deal with this shit but then they threatened him so this brother flew back to testify and you see exactly what happened you see exactly what happened that is this is crazy this is crazy and then here's a statement from the brown family it says on behalf of the family of joshua brown the office encourages the dallas police department to turn over this murder investigation to an alternate investigative agency this family and their representatives have consciously avoided speculating about law enforcement involvement in this tragedy however due to the proximity of this murder with the trial of amber geiger rumors abound It will be nearly impossible to conduct a reliable investigation in a climate where the investigating agency has been implicated in the murder itself. That implication naturally stems from a trial where a Dallas police officer was convicted of murder and other DPD officers were shown to have participated in condemnable behavior in destroying evidence and interfering with the investigation. It is important for everyone involved that this case not only be solved by the the conclusions arrived to by 
too, by investigators be seen as authentic and reliable. A cloud of suspicion will rest over this case until steps are taken to ensure the trustworthiness of the process. The Brown family would like to extend their heartfelt gratitude to everyone around the country that has offered them support and encouragement during their time of bereavement. I know that's right. I know that's right. They These people need to be fighting because it needs to be an outside law agency. And that's why I honestly believe that we need some sort of federal department that investigates uh local um police crimes we do we need somebody to police the police that's exactly what we what needs to be happening because you telling me that this brother was spooked so he flew out to california because he didn't he know the ramifications of testifying against a dallas police officer he knew that you testify against the cops that whole blue wall is gonna come crashing down on you and that's exactly what happened they probably hired some dusty niggas who were criminal informants some cis to take them out the game and then what's going to happen is they'll probably do maybe five years or something like that and be back out on the street with some money in their pockets or their family's gonna be taken care of somehow some way i don't believe none of this shit boy i don't believe none of this shit that's coming out of that uh dallas police department nothing at all and god rest that man's soul and for doing the doing the right thing and standing up to injustice and i don't want this um this execution to spook anybody out there from doing the right thing when it comes to standing up to injustice don't let that spook you don't don't let that scare you at all we all gotta die sometime this portion of do rags and boat shoes has been brought to you by the letter l as in hey yo my guy my hands are full give me a hand here can you hold this l all right, so holding this L, I know y'all saw probably about a week and a half ago, your girl, um, what's, what's that woman's name? Stacy Dash got arrested uh, for uh, and was almost charged with a DV charge, a domestic violence charge. Uh, it looks like today she's speaking out for the first time. And she said, like normal married couples, my husband and I had a marital, marital, marital marital dispute that escalated. Thank you for your support and love. Uh, excuse me please give him the same um and she's married to some i think a lawyer or something like that and uh jeffrey marty or something like that and uh he was talking about uh she was arrested over my objection um but due to the pending investigation i waited to come until now um both look forward to getting this behind us what was crazy is uh she was actually defending herself and then she called the police and they arrested her black ass and I think the kids jumped on her too. He has some kids from a previous relationship and they jumped on her goofy ass too. And this is the same woman, Stacey Dash, who goes on Fox News spewing anti-black rhetoric for, um, for a check. I remember she was on there talking about, if there's a black entertainment television, how come there isn't a white entertainment television? You know, got her goofy black ass up there singing that bullshit. And it never pays to coon. It doesn't. That Like, there's a whole industry for um, black folks to get paid. But I mean, as far as, like, social currency, that shit don't pay off. It, it don't pay to coon. You know what I'm saying? When shit hits the fan, your black ass is getting arrested. That's all it is. I mean, you look at her. You look at Bill Cosby. He went around talking about, he's going to steal the pound cake and get shot in his back, but he shouldn't have stolen the pound cake. And all this other shit went on that fucking tour around the country. And look how them white folks got him up out the paint. His old ass going to die in jail. And I, and I mean, 
you know, some coons get away, you know, they don't have any uh, run-ins with law enforcement and shit like that, but they lead a li miserable life, they do, they do, they family neglects them, you know, they don't hang around with them, they, they're just isolated, and that's a lonely-ass life, boy, that's a very lonely life, so if any of y'all thinking about uh, get, jumping on that anti-black um, train and try to get some money, get a couple of dollars or two, uh, you need to look at Stacey Dash and look at uh, Bill Cosby. That's what I need y'all to do because it don't pay in the end. Ain't none of them white folks gonna come save your black ass. And the same thing it probably happened to Diamond and Silk if they goofy asses, you know, don't pay taxes or some shit like that. They gonna throw them them little round heifers right up under the jail. So Stacey Dash, you have to hold this L. Get your man. You win. Perfect. Alright, so moving on to Not All Heroes Wear Capes. We have to give it to the brother Tyler Perry for opening up the Tyler Perry Studios down there in Atlanta. I mean, have y'all seen his uh, Instagram page and just him showing videos and pictures of the event? Um, this is, uh, he, he bought it back in 2015 and he just had like the grand opening of it. It's a 330 acre lot. And it's on the former Fort McPherson Army base, which used to be a, 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 a <clears throat> Confederate Army base. And this man got a bunch of sound stages, 12, 12 of them, 12 state-of-the-art sound stages. And then there's a historic district. Um, so it offers like a unique space to envision endless possibilities. That's what it says on the website. Then it still has 220 acres of green space just so they can create multiple sets on it. So he can just film his movie straight up on this 330 acres. Nigga, I live on one acre and this shit be getting a little bit too much for me when I be mowing my yard and shit, even though I'm on a riding mower on my little John Deere. So I couldn't imagine just seeing the vastness of 330 acres, man. That is amazing. And he was talking about, um, I think they named one of the um, areas after Spike Lee and it was up on... Um, up on TMZ and they asked him about it because Spike Lee has been very critical of Tyler Perry, especially when he first came out talking about, you know, he was setting black people back. Um, you know, it was like mammyism and stuff like that with the Medea character. So they hashed that out and he actually named a, a portion of the of one of the lots or something after Spike Lee. And he was basically saying that, you know, without Spike Lee paving the way, you know, there wouldn't be I wouldn't be here. So I think they hashed that out and everything. And he might even showed up at the premiere. And it's it's just amazing what this man has done just off rip. And I know he's receiving some flack for um, there's going to be something for the LGBTQ um, people of Atlanta and women and like a women's shelter on that actual uh, lot, that studio lot. And I don't have a problem with that at all. I don't. I don't. I don't have a problem with that brother doing anything like that at all. And I know he's hiring a lot of people down there in Atlanta and things like that. So 
why not do something for some of the people that he cares about you know long as he long as there's some black folks up in there as long as he's taking care of black folks i don't really have an issue with that at all with him you know putting uh, our queer brothers and sisters you know just taking care of them because there is a lot of trafficking that goes on uh, down there in hot there's a lot of our queer brothers and sisters be down there selling that fruit cocktail just trying to get by down there so there's nothing wrong with that and there's nothing wrong with taking care of the women down there either there's nothing wrong with that at all so i don't have any vitriol or no i don't feel no type of way towards that brother um the thing that i take away from tyler perry is this keep doing your own thing just keep doing it no matter what i mean people from everybody from you know spike lee to the boondocks uh shit hell even i might even made fun of him but he just kept doing his thing you know kept his nose to the grindstone believed in himself trusted the process uh you know kept his faith in the most high and i mean this man opened up a whole 330 acre lot like he's basically making a black hollywood area down there in atlanta that's basically what he's doing right now so that's just amazing to see and it's very inspiring too and he owns all that shit he was talking about um there was a little sound bite on his uh ig or it might have been on oprah's ig um and he was talking about how he didn't sell any of his rights to anything to any of his plays or to any of his movies or characters anything like that anything like that and those royalties helped him p purchase um uh, to secure that uh 330 acre lot that's amazing to me so we have to lift that brother up and we have to protect him because when you start doing stuff like this when you start trying to you know work outside of the dominant society they come for you they do they 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 start fucking with you right i mean we've seen it happen um with uh, a lot of people you look at byron allen right now he's fighting the high courts now because of um just being left out of deals um um as far as a conglomerate uh like major media conglomerates kind of leaving him out so he's he's fighting different things in court right now with that and then um and then no he's fighting as far as like not having not seeing enough black people or diversity in these uh in these boardrooms with these uh multimedia companies more specific like cable networks so that's what he was fighting for and um he's having a hard time you know kind of securing deals he was having a hard time securing deals with um you know as far as buying channels and buying up um news stations and uh different well different broadcast stations across the um the country he was having some issues with that and so when you start kind of you know figuring the game out and just like oh i can just do this shit myself that's when they start coming for you that's when they really start coming for you so we have to lift that brother up and we even seen it on the level with uh the brother tyreek nasheed when he basically created the hidden colors franchise and all of a sudden you start seeing these smear articles come out about this brother left and right and publications and so-called black publications and you're like yo what is this about 
You know what I'm saying? He started when he was just doing the relationship shit, when he was talking about like the art of macking and player be played and, you know, the art of gold digging, you know, giving women the game to get with a financially stable man. He was all over, you know, like MTV, BET and all this other stuff and Conan O'Brien. He might even done Jay Leno. I'm not sure. And, you know, he he didn't have any issues. And even because I've been listening to him since like. What, 2009 or something like that for like 10 years so and um i remember seeing him on different talk shows too back in the day and when he had this old podcast show the mac lessons he didn't catch any flack but soon as you know he started doing hidden colors and started talking about the hidden history of black folks globally then all of a sudden it became an issue and then people started shitting on him and everything like that uh because this brother was basically just giving people you know knowledge of self and at the same time monetizing that which is there's nothing wrong with that at all i mean shit hell you even pay for fines at the library right you even pay to go to college right so there was nothing wrong with that so then you had black folks on the other end talking about you should give the information away for free then you had other uh bought and paid for negroes writing slander articles about him and then the more that he started exposing racism white supremacy you know uh those youtubers or i don't know who did it they sent they tried to swat him you know sent the whole swat team to his house and they knew what kind of armed uh you know what kind of weapons he had in his home legally registered and shit like that and you know and luckily they didn't blow his brains out on national tv but because he came out with his hands up and remained calm so you just have to look when you're a black person who's not who's successful but not working within the machine you know they really try to come for you uh, you know that's why you have to really kind of stay low that's why so so many people stay low key with their stuff so there's people out here doing things that we don't even know about but they just getting their money up under the radar you know what i'm saying but with tyler perry doing this whole thing and you know pretty much um you know going head to head with like other major uh movie studios now you really have to watch this brother and you know i wouldn't be surprised if there was some kind of smear campaign comes out in the next year or two you know talking about tyler perry and touched my asshole or something like that you know what i'm saying some bought and paid for negro who had a small role on house of pain or some shit like that or some former show that he had you know comes out and starts slandering him but the lesson i want y'all to take from this is to just keep doing your thing no matter what people say people because i mean even if you do your thing or you don't do your thing folks gonna judge you so why not do your fucking thing all right so moving on to the last segment of the show health over wealth you know what i say without your health you cannot enjoy your wealth so we are creeping up on the holiday season where you have to spend time with family and friends and some of y'all got some toxic ass family members y'all really do you really do and this quote um comes from uh, an unknown um and it says this um you lift your spirits by moving away from what upsets you if the stove is hot you can't ask how to touch it but be happy about it all right so how does this relate to toxic family members uh some of y'all still be touching a hot stove out here y'all still be trying to repair some of these damaged relationships that y'all have with your daddy you know your grandmama your mama your brother your sister your cousins your aunties whoever and you know because that's all the the family that you know um there is nothing wrong with charging family members to the game okay 
And then for some of us that have charged family members to the game, uh, you don't have to invite them over for Thanksgiving. You don't have to go over there for Thanksgiving or Christmas. You know what I'm saying? You could just have your own little Friendsgiving, you know, with some of your friends. Um, it's just a, it's just another day. There is not a law on the books that says you have to hang out with your family during the holidays. So I don't want y'all to get down and out and all this other shit. And I know a lot of times on social media, you'll see like Thanksgiving clapbacks and shit like that when people are just posting their toxic ass behaviors uh, or their toxic ass relationships that they have with their auntie and their uncles and shit like that. Just talking, just cash shit about each other. You know, left and right until somebody, you know, throws a goddamn dinner plate across the room at somebody else's head. Um, you don't need to be putting up with bullshit. I mean, it's 2019. You don't want to live your whole life, you know, um, on eggshells when you have to be around family like that. And I saw something, you know, on um, Instagram on one on somebody's IG story, and it was talking about the older I get, the more. I, uh, the more I, um, it was like the older I get, the more I understand the aunt or the uncle that don't fuck with the family like that. (laughs) And I saw that and I'm like, that is somebody who protects their peace. That's it. That's that family member that just shows up to funerals. That's it. And sits in the back and then keeps it pushing. And they live their best fucking life. <laughs> we all got them, them, them uncles and them aunties that really don't fuck with the family like that. And they might show up for Thanksgiving. They might show up, but if they don't, you just, you're just like, uh, it's all good. You know what I'm saying? But the older you get, the more you understand. You're just like, oh, I understand why cousin Coco really don't fuck with the family like that. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So um, this holiday season, I just want y'all to protect your peace. That's, you know, all jokes aside, protect your peace. And it's Mental Health Awareness Week. So that's also what's inspired me, too, because I know a lot of us go through, you know, different traumas with our families and things like that. And they could and can get triggered you know dealing with them during the holidays but like i said there's no law in the books that says you have to fuck with your family on the holidays all right so this has been episode 165 of do rags and boat shoes thank y'all for being patient with me um i will try to work on a mini pod um sometime this week um get that out to y'all um you know about hard work and you know kind of putting the battery in y'all back to finish out the year strong so be on the lookout for that and um i reached out to some people for interviews uh didn't really get anything back so that's why i really didn't see anything for september i'm gonna keep trying though um so we'll see what happens all right but nothing but love and respect to y'all as always and thank you for listening one